Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, the 2017 Radio Sports Broadcaster of the Year on the show with back-to-back Montana Broadcaster Association Awards for sports coverage and award-winning sports journalism. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. The Packers are the best team in the NFL. Perhaps not at football, but they are the best team. The Grizzlies heading for Sacramento. And Greg Bell to talk Seattle Seahawks football. It is to tell Nuanas on 102.9 ESPN Radio and SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you on this Monday afternoon. Nope, Tuesday. It's because Greg Bell's here. I'm not thinking it's Monday. It's Tuesday. Still a great day. We're happy to have you along. We hope you are having a wonderful day. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83, and see the online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find us on the World Wide Web as well. Listen live on the stream if you would like to. The stream available on all of your devices, your computers, and so on, 1029ESPN.com. There you listen live on the Listen Live tab. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity if you want to call you can do that as well 329-1899 the phone number 329-1899 that is the phone number all guests join us via the rankish brothers rv phone line if you're watching on television or on youtube the two telling one is youtube channel you can get it there as well you are in for a treat today because i am in full packer regalia my 
Green Bay hat 2019, my Relax Era Rogers t-shirt, which is what's that, circa 2016, wasn't that about when the Relax thing started coming along? Uh, so I'm feeling very, very good today, and we are going to talk about the Green Bay Packers and their dismantling of the Detroit Lions. <sighs> Just put the thank you card to Roger Goodell in your sleeve. Called down, made sure that they... Uh the Lions could not be in first place in the NFC North. Made sure Aaron Rodgers had the fast track. Um, the, the referees had uh, a little bit to do with it. I admit that. I would also say Matt Patricia had a little bit to do with it, and I'll get into that. Uh, the Green Bay Packers had no business winning the football game last night, which is why it's so glorious they did it. They're 3-0 and against the North. What's going on? Let's take a look at what we got in the show. We are going to talk a little bit of uh, NFL stuff. Huge news today. Marcus Peters traded. From the Los Angeles Rams to the Baltimore Ravens, this ahead of the Ravens game against Seattle, I'm sure uh, Will uh, Russell Wilson is not going to be sending uh, the uh, the Rams any thank you cards anytime soon for that moves as a Pro Bowl type of corner uh, 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 moves now over to Baltimore the week before they play the Rams. So we'll get into that uh, as well. We will also hear a little bit uh, from Bobby Houck as the Grizzlies prepare for Sacramento State. Obviously, Montana State now on a bye, so uh, it's the Grizz who who uh, have to figure out what to do with Troy Taylor and 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 uh, Kevin Thompson and the Sacramento State Hornets. Looking forward to this because we are going to have Troy Taylor, the head coach of Sacramento State, on later on in the week. So uh, you can get, your, get yourself ready uh, for that uh, as well. So we'll get into some of that. We also have not touched on what happened in the prep world uh, over the course of the weekend and the football standings as they are now. So we will get into uh, those standings as well. And then again, at the top of the hour, Greg Bell covers the Seattle Seahawks for the Tacoma News Tribune. And he's a guy who uh, is all over it with the Seattle Seahawks in terms of just his knowledge and uh, uh, his able uh, ability to convey that, you know, in terms of what's going on. And so I think it'd be really interested to say, uh, hear what he's got to say, particularly about Will Disley. Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, and so uh, there you go. There's our show outlook. It's brought to us by MissoulaGutterCleaning.com, the safest, the fastest, the most fun, and the most insured gutter cleaning company, MissoulaGutterCleaning.com. Uh, Coulter. You were texting me throughout the course of this game last night. Uh, the the distilled version of what you texted me is what in the world is going on here over the course of the evening watching the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I don't know what the answer is there. Uh, they played a, a really poor football game. Here's what's interesting. They've played much better throughout the year, and I have uh, been on the fence about the team. Last night, in what was probably the worst game that they've played uh, this season, I actually had more optimism coming out of that game than any of them this year, and I'll tell you why. But obviously, the big discussion now is about the referees, and yesterday, last night, was a microcosm of what has become uh, a major, major talking point, a talking point the NFL does not want uh, about the referees and replay and everything that's going on. I think this is right. Since week three, Coulter, uh, coaches are one for 21, and it may be more after yesterday, uh, in getting an, uh, a, a pass, interfer- pass interference review correct, or at least allowed Okay, and last night there was what appeared to be a fairly clear pass interference on Green Bay that was not called that Matt Patricia chose not to challenge. And you know what? I don't blame him a bit. I think if he would have challenged it, they would have not given it to him anyways. 
and uh, and and that is sort of out there. But there's been a number of calls uh, and sort of what appear to be refing fiascos, uh, at least uh, on television, that people are getting very, very upset with. We know we had the huge number of holding calls. That has backed off. I don't know, man. People people think that the referees are not doing as good a job as they have in the past. I'm not sure about that at all. I think that they're under much more scrutiny than they've ever been. I think the reviews, to an extent, undercut the work that the referees do. And I also think, that, and I think this is, is something you can actually look at, there's a lot more new referees, like head refs, than there have been. The old guard of referees has sort of moved on. And, you know, there's still always going to be a ton of experience because you don't just become a head referee. I mean, these guys have been line judges or umpires or whatever for however long. But I think a lot of these crews are being led by by guys who are still new to it to a certain extent. And so some of the actual application of it uh, has been tough. But, you know, a crew of referees is not unlike a team. I mean, they got to work, get out there, work together, get themselves sorted out, make sure that each one of them is doing their own job the way that they're supposed to do it. And last night, two huge penalties were missed, were called that should not have been called on hands to the face, one that continued to drive for Green Bay and one that effectively sealed it at the end in the favor of the Green Bay Packers. Now, Detroit Lions fans want to be, and are would certainly welcome to be, up in arms on that. Uh, did I say Green Bay Packers? Detroit Lions fans should be uh, up in arms on that and 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 they they have every every reason every cause to be furious. That said, you could be also be furious at your own team and your own coach for a couple of things in this one as well. But nonetheless, let's start with the refereeing in general culture. You and I have been on different sides of this review thing for for our whole time and I am coming to your side on this. I mean, I really am. I think that the reviews and the replay are bad for the sport in general and just let them go out there and do it because at the end of the day if a if if a guy is is umpiring is refereeing whatever it is with confidence they are much more likely to do it i mean you see this in college basketball it's egregious where they'll make a call and immediately sprint to the to the sideline ruining the flow of the game because they you know don't want to be the ones who are on national tv blowing a call or whatever and i understand why would you want to be but at some point you just got to go this is what it is and we got to go play ball but it ain't happening no matter how good of a referee you could possibly be how good of an official you could possibly be at the nfl level there's going to be so many calls that you just straight up can't see totally you can't see all the way i'm was talking to someone who i'll leave nameless but who is an official in Montana high school football, and there was a controversial call in a game earlier this year, and there was a couple of reporters there, a couple TV guys, you know, newspaper guy, whatever. They were all on the sideline where the penalty or the the, the penalty that wasn't called occurred, mm-hmm. and they all had the video shot of it. And it's as this official told me, there's no humanly possible way that I could have gotten that call right from where I was at. And it makes me look as if I got it blatantly wrong because this dude was standing right here with a video camera. I can't do it. It's not possible for the way that you're positioned in, yeah. on the field. So if you're going to have human referees, the human element has to be a part of the game. Definitely. It's just like with umpiring, everything. And the thing is, you can say these guys are so bad. They're not. They're, 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 they're getting like 98%. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. since baseball went to the reviewing every single ball and strike and fair and foul call, I think last year, Major League umpires missed something like nine fair foul calls out of like 10,000 opportunities. Yes. Like, 
you are so good, it's unbelievable. And the one time you may be make an error, okay, it's just part of it. Here's the thing. This is the part where I where I where I understand that I mean you can go back to the NFC championship game, you can go back to a lot of games, and you can certainly go to last night. Missing a call in a in, in the situations that they are at the level that they're at, it's again, it, it's not as if they're, you know, out there going, Oh, you know, I'm not I'm trying to get this wrong, of course, or something like that. But you just, you know, these are professional athletes. These are also professional referees. And you it, it, you can't mess it up right at the end. You know what I mean? It's like it's like this. You got first and goal on the five-yard line with a minute to go. You can't fumble the snap, okay, if you're a professional football player. Just, you, just, you can't do it. And sometimes I probably, it probably happens. And you go, what in the world? And you may not have a job. And guess what? It's the same for these referees. I mean, the referees are reviewed and they are assigned based on performance. Okay, it's a performance-based job they got, and the, and the, the the blown calls yesterday are going to hurt the assignments and the paycheck of the referees that that that, that missed them. But and and I guess in situations, man, you just got to you have to be on it. Like you can't do it. The thing that I find particularly um, frustrating about last night is they got the call wrong once, but it was the same call on the same guy doing the same thing again. That was, that was the, that clearly was, not the case. That that is that's egregious, man. It really is totally. I mean, boom, boom plays, you know, in or out, you know, spur of the moment, a late hit, all those sorts of things. Some of it's, it's subjective. It's more explainable of why you maybe got it wrong. That specific call is a very specific rule. You have to hit the guy in the face. He didn't hit him in the face. Like you said, the fact that it was the same player, Trey Flowers, doing the same thing, I mean, he was furious, and rightfully so. Sure. Well, and, I, you know, I guess the, the one thing that that suggests, too, is, is, is because you can't always have the right angle, referees have to take a little bit of an educated guess on what they think is going on if they can't see it. And you know that he couldn't see it. Why? Because it never happened. It appeared like it, but it, it wasn't the case. Anyway, easy for me to say in all my Packers gear, that's the way it goes. By the way, it was not the referee's fault when Matt Patricia rolled 12 dudes out for a field goal attempt that ended up being, without even trying, a first down for Green Bay that resulted in their first touchdown instead of a field goal that it should have been. So if you want to talk about where did four extra points come from in a one-point win, for the Green Bay Packers, you could start there as well. You want to crush the referees, that's fine. They deserve to be, you know, uh, 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 criticized in this sense for this. But also, to your point, Coulter, it's never the end of the thing. I mean, everybody's going to go back to the NFC Championship game and forget the game went to overtime. And Drew Brees threw an interception because a pass rush got home. And Greg Zerline banged a thousand-yard field goal to win the thing. There's a lot that happened after, yes, an obviously blown pass interference call. But these, this, this is what it is, and and you are starting to sway me on this. It's two tell Nuanas, one or two nine ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. By the way, want to update you? Uh, ALCS Game Three. The Astros are up two nothing over the Yankees in the top of the uh, fifth inning. We're going to bring as many games 
to you as these as we can. We will have uh, the NLCS game on as soon as we're done. Uh, game four and the Nats looking for a sweep, amazingly, of the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, there's a couple of reasons. I won't get into some of the specifics why it wasn't. We, we were not able to get have this one for you, but we're going to have as many games as these on as we can, obviously, in the championship. And we will have every single World Series game as well. So we want to make sure uh, we get that out there. When it comes to the Green Bay Packers, Coulter, I told you I'm more optimistic after this game than I was about any other game, even though they played about as poorly as you can play. You know why? I saw finally the offense create opportunities. They played poorly because Aaron Jones can't catch a wide-open ball that hits him in the hands as he's going over the goal line. They have a fifth-string wide receiver bobble the ball and kick it up in the air for an interception on the goal line. They had... More drop Jimmy Graham dropping a football in his paws in the end zone. This is happening all over the place, okay? That obviously can't happen. You're not going to win games if that happens. But when it came to the play calling and the way that Aaron Rodgers was protected by that offensive line and the run game's success, all things considered, especially when you're down Devontae Adams and then down MVS and then down Geronimo Allison, I mean, they, they're they're looking for anybody to come out there and play football, uh, particularly at the wide receiver spot, and yet the scheme that they had for that football game was dimed up. And Matt Patricia is supposed to be this big defensive guy, and I have been as as uh, you know sort of incredulous as anyone towards Matt LaFleur and who was this guy who came out of the 26th ranked offense, you know, a year ago, and he's you know me. Some thirty-year-old who you know what, what? What do you do? Deserves this? He outcoached Matt Patricia last night, hands down. He and the staff, and for the first time, this defense played really well throughout the course of the season. In the main, they they were dominant offensively in this game, but couldn't execute because they just didn't have the players to do it. But everything was there for them, and when they get guys back and work through the execution of this stuff. It made me really, really, uh, the needle pointed up for me on Green Bay and Matt LaFleur being there in the offense. And I thought, you know, I thought finally I started to see something that you wanted to see, which was an uptick in the in the scheme and the play calling, which has been really what's held the Green Bay Packers back for the last three or four years, that and a terrible defense, which they obviously addressed in the offseason. And, and, I mean, how good is Davius Smith? I mean, he is he is rolling right now getting sacks and doing everything for this football team. Kenny Clark to throw him in there, smash Amos, their back end, their cornerbacks, and Alexander and King. This is a good football team right now. They are not anywhere close to being, you know, top of the NFL in terms of the way that they're playing, but they have the potential to be, which I didn't think they had before, and that does make me happy. The Lions are better than people give them credit. Yes, they are. The Lions are pretty good, actually. Yep. I mean, that I think that after watching what I watched last night, I've now watched the whole NFC North, obviously, because the Packers and the Bears are on frequently, and I watch the Vikings every Vikings week. Fan, yep. It's the best division in the NFL. It is. It's really good. I mean, it's the most competitive, for sure. And it's the only, it's the only division in the NFL that doesn't have a bad team. Yeah. Yep. Every other division has one bad team, at, at least. least. Yeah. And some, like the AFC East, has two and a half. Yeah, two. Two, right. They're the really bad. The tunes that are bad. Man. Right, that's why I said two and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. 
Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. I think that it's fascinating that the three teams in the NFC right now that are 5-1, and one, one of them has done it with Drew Brees out in the New Orleans Saints, obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and then I guess the San Francisco 49ers are out of nowhere. That's the he's, one surprise. Five and one, yeah. But there's but the three 5-1 and one teams, the Seattle Seahawks, the New Orleans Saints, and the Green Bay Packers. Saints have done it without Drew Brees, and although the Seahawks and the Packers are off to two of the better starts in the entire league. Still not sure if they're good, if they're elite yet, mm-hmm. right? They're both good, for sure. Yeah. But I, I still have question marks about the Packers. I still have question marks about the Seahawks. And I think a lot of it's been their schedule. But if you got Rodgers, you got a chance. I was texting you last night. Some of the throws he made last night were just insane. He's right. he, he is the most... I've watched Aaron Rodgers live, I mean, 50 times, 60 times in his career. I mean, so many times. And he's the only athlete I can think of where you never become numb to it. He yeah. makes you go, are you kidding me? Every time you watch him. That in itself is why he's so spectacular and why he's so fun to watch. But then I texted my brother. I said, I just wish he was different because I want to love him so much. And I just hate him. But I love watching him. Yeah. But my brother made a really good point. He said, whoever has been transcendently great that wasn't polarizing. So then we started talking about guys that are truly unbelievable, but also beloved. And there's very few you could ever think of. I think Walter Payton and his prime, but he had so many demons in the back closet that then, I mean, a lot, believe what you want to believe it all, but a lot of his behind the scenes stuff contributed to his early death. Well, the other thing, Michael Jordan is one. Michael Jordan has become more polarized, very polarizing to an extent now right but when he was mike when he was air jordan sure. he was he was the universal good right but i think everybody realizes now that so much of that was just a straight marketing ploy and he was force fed to the american public in a different version than what he actually is the, uh, again th- that's that is fine but that's late i mean that was this is all well after the fact this is all well after the fact during michael jordan being michael jordan it was there was no other side you know? Unless you love the jazz. Unless you love the jazz. <laughs> yeah. I, I hated Michael Jordan when I was a kid. Of course. I mean, but again, that's... But only just because he was tearing my thing. heart out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 
It's a good one. Jerry Rice was another one that I came up mm. with who was widely beloved, but almost everybody else who you can think of. There's, it's a double-edged Drew sword. Drew Brees right? would be another one, although he's not to the level that, like, Tom Brady Drew is. Brees is such an everyman, right? Yeah. I think that's his appeal, and, and he's been so good, and his numbers speak for themselves and everything, but he's not that... He's genius. not a superstar the way that... He, he is, but are. like, but there's some guys that have a, an element of genius to them, mm. right? They, they have a sports genius. Kobe Bryant is a genius when it comes to the way he operates, and it's why he's so... Polarizing. Tiger Woods is another great example. When, when you are so maniacally driven to be the absolute greatest, and you know you can be, and you have the gifts to be, I think you're just an inherently tortured people or person, <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe. But there's there's so many people like that. I mean, Barry Bonds, you know, Tom Brady, like you said. I mean, on down the list, there's so many people that are are like yeah. that. I thought it was an interesting thought because it, you, you'd be hard pressed to find. Greatness that is also beloved. You be you could find a just a long list of guys that were that are polarizing at the very least. I want to ask you about what happened last night at the end of this football game. Jamal Williams gets the ball. This is after the second hands to the face penalty. There's a minute and ten seconds left, something like that. And Green Bay is down two, and the Lions just clear the path to let him score, and he runs the two and sits it down. And first of all, the Packers were minus three and a half, and there is a uh, a lot of folks who laid the, the number yesterday that were very disappointed in that decision by Jamal Williams to go ahead and take a seat. Um, it's impossible to say that it wasn't the right choice, given the fact that the Packers won the football game. And I understand, especially with a minute left, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of this. It is. It seems so tenuous to me in the NFL when you have an opportunity to take points and not take them, elect to not take them, and it, particularly when it's a touchdown. And I understand you're there on the two, and I understand you got Mason Crosby, and 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 you suck the time out of it. And again, in this instance, with with 60 seconds or more left on the clock, I actually do believe it because, Matt, I mean, Matt Stafford, he was he was very good last night, and and. You don't want to put your team in a spot like that if you don't have to, and they didn't have to. And yet, all, I mean, I'm just sitting here as a you know as a Packer fan, going, "We are losing the football game, and we don't have, <laughs> and we still got the football and have to figure out a way to score some points." And they pulled it off, and they did it. What do you think about that? And this is not the first time this has ever happened, by the way. I mean, we've seen this a couple of times. I it just it feels like you are messing with karma. When you decide, no, 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 we don't want the points now. We're going to keep going with this. Like you said, it comes at such a premium, so you should just take the points when the points are made available, it seems to me, because you never know what's going to happen, but you do know if you don't get those points, you're never going to get them back, and you might not get another chance to score in this league. I mean, it's living in a college football town and covering college football as prevalently as we do, I think your idea of what offense and scoring and success and all that is gets skewed to a certain extent sometimes because, you know, like you were saying, 41-17, like, that's not an NFL score. That never happens in the NFL. It only happens when the Patriots play the Dolphins, and even then it's hard to get to 41-17 in the league. Every game comes down to the last eight minutes of the game. Every game, doesn't matter, no matter who is playing. And so I I agree. I think you just got to take the points – when the points are made available. All right. Um, 
Quick note, NFL side, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, big trade today, send Marcus Peters, Marcus Peters, to the Baltimore Ravens. How this, many times has Marcus Peters gotten traded? This is two, I think. He's, uh, who, where did he start before? Philadelphia? I forget. Kansas City. Oh, he's a can- that's right. Yeah, Kansas City. So he's Kansas City, and he goes in. Now, one reason is he's on the last year of his rookie deal. So presumably he's going to be an expensive asset from here on out, which is one reason, especially uh, that you know that uh, Los Angeles, with all the guys that they are paying and are going to have to pay, I think this is as much a, a money move as anything. They get Kenny Young, a linebacker, and an undisclosed 2020 draft pick. Although Chris Mortensen reporting that will be a fifth rounder, so a fifth rounder and Kenny Young for Marcus Peters. But this looks to me like a future money. Uh, uh, sort of drop, so to speak, to, to 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 avoid having to pay a guy that you can't afford, and you do it now so that you can get something for him, a linebacker that you need for depth or whatever, and you know the, yeah, an extra pick, you know, in the draft, or who knows what, what that turns into. Uh, but surprising, I mean, I'm always, especially teams that are that that are or think they are competing for a Super Bowl, which the Rams certainly do. You know, the last three games notwithstanding, this is not a team that's all of a sudden going, well, that's it. We're not going to be able to do it. Kick out the tent pegs. Um, but you got to build for now and for later in the NFL. And this is obviously a for later move, but a surprising one. And this is, I mean, this is significant for the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, I think the Baltimore Ravens are one of the teams in the AFC that is really going to have a look at at uh, at this. They're uh, you know, they, they are leading the NFL in rushing uh, right now, which I don't know if a lot of people are aware of that fact, but that is true. So this is a, this is a really good football team that I think um, is is clearly trying to make a run right now and say, you know what, everybody's got to go through New England. We might as well take our shot, you know, if uh, if they can. And also they got to feel good about their division right now. Cleveland clearly not paying, playing up to potential. Pittsburgh Without Ben Roethlisberger, man, Pittsburgh is in in very tough shape, and they I think they're I mean it, they're they go as their quarterback goes ultimately, and uh, and it's not going to go well for them. And Cincinnati is one of the worst teams I've seen. Yeah, I mean the Ravens have a chance, and they they do they are they operate differently than almost every team in the AFC, and I think that gives them a chance because they can be both solid and different. And I think that mm. that, you know, when you're talking about how do you beat the Patriots, how do you beat the Texans, how do you beat some of these other teams that have elite, how do you beat the Chiefs? The Ravens can do it in a lot different fashion because they are so good at running the football. And they have, I mean, L- Lamar Jackson is on pace to break Michael Vick's single season rushing record for a quarterback in a single season. And that uh, that element, if he can stay healthy, just makes you so hard to game plan for, and their offensive line is good, and they're dedicated to it, and they're still playing good defense too. So yeah. I, I think it's a good trade for the Ravens, and I do think that they think the time is now. they got to make a run. Quick update for you, ALCS Game 3. The Houston Astros still up 2-0 over the Yankees, bottom of the fifth inning. Two outs right now as they, they play in the fifth in New York. Two home runs, the, uh, the source of the runs for the Astros. Uh, Altuve and Josh Reddick, the uh, two home runs uh, for for the Astros coming against Luis Severino uh, in this baseball game. But still, obviously, a very competitive one. This 
this thing turned quickly in the bottom of the 11th inning with Carlos Correa in game two to make it a 1-1 series. And this this series has every... Uh, opportunity, it seems to me, to be a long one, a seven-game type of series, and I hope it is because I think this is this is it, this is as good as it gets. The World Series is the World Series, but I can't think of a matchup that is sexier right now than the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees. So they continue in the bottom of the fifth. We'll continue to keep you updated. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. The Montana Grizzlies play Sacramento State in Sacramento this weekend. We'll hear from head coach Bobby Houck about this matchup from his press conference yesterday right after this. Hey, look up. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's satellite internet. That's right. High-speed internet delivered from a satellite right to where you live. When you're beyond the reach of cable and fiber internet, look up. Eagle Satellite is our community's authorized HughesNet retailer. With HughesNet, you'll have the fast speeds, unlimited data, and no hard data limits and built-in Wi-Fi you need. Eagle Satellite has proudly helped our community get online for 39 years, and this year they want to help you get connected too. For a limited time, you can get free standard installation when you order HughesNet. Call Eagle Satellite at 406-728-9999 and see for yourself why HughesNet is America's number one choice for satellite internet. That's Eagle Satellite, 406-728-9999. Eagle Satellite and HughesNet proudly connecting our community. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Colton Juanis. Here's some sports news for you. The Big Sky Conference continues putting five teams in the weekly FCS Stats Top 25 poll, but this week the national poll features a new squad. For the first time since 2011, the Sacramento State Hornets are in the top 25 after after defeating number 22 Eastern Washington and number 6 Montana State in consecutive weeks. The Hornets break into the poll at number 15. The 34-21 win in Bozeman last weekend served as Sac State's first at Bobcat Stadium since 1991. The number six ranking for MSU meant that the win was the highest ranked opponent Sac State has ever defeated. Two-time reigning Big Sky champion Weber State held steady at number four after a 29-14 win over in-state rival Southern Utah. Montana moved up three spots to number five despite having a bye last week as four teams in the top 10 and 11 in the top 25 lost last week. Montana State was one of those, and they fell, dropping six spots to number 12. A 48-24 win by UC Davis helped the Aggies snap a three-game losing streak and moved from 24 to 22 this week. In Bozeman last weekend, Sac State quarterback Kevin Thompson put on a clinic. The senior piled up 334 yards of total offense and five total touchdowns to earn Big Sky Offensive Player of the Week honors. The former UNLV transfer, who was recruited to Vegas by current Grizz head coach Bobby Houck, will lead the Hornets against the Grizz Saturday night. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound.
West Coast night game. I'm into it. Tell Nuanas on the ESPN radio. Broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway, Missoula Highway 83, and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find Coulter and me on Twitter at Skyline Sports MT at Gus Tutel. And also follow the station on Twitter, Twitter, and Instagram at 1029 ESPN. How about that? 1029 ESPN, the handle. Uh, for uh, the show, the station, the social meds, all of that. Uh, bottom of the fifth comes to a close. We head to the top of the sixth, still 2 nothing. Uh, Houston, the Yankees could not get anything going. Luis Severino still on the mound for the New York Yankees in game three of the ALCS. Coulter, Bobby Haupt was at the press conference yesterday. Talked about Sacramento State, the upcoming opponent. Just play this for you quickly. Here's what he had to say in kind of his opening remarks about facing a very good Hornets team. You know, Sa- Sacramento State's a very hot team right now. They're they're playing well. Uh, they're playing well in all three phases of the game, and you know they're statistically impressive. They've done a lot of good things. Obviously, um, stringing together a few wins is is. Uh, healthy in terms of your program so we've got a a team that's that's on a roll right now that we've got to go down and try to beat on their home field you said for the last few weeks look out for this sac state team so yeah. what what caught your eye from them you know multiple weeks ago as far as them being good well now that it's a battery of six games rather than just some early ones um catching a glimpse of them you know we're a week into it now we've been watching them but uh you know Kevin Thompson, who we're very familiar with, having recruited him to UNLV. He's a six-year junior quarterback playing really well, and uh, the offensive line's doing a good job. Um, the running back Dotson is terrific. Um, I, I think he may be the best running back in the league. I've, I've got a really high opinion of him on defense. You know, Craig. Uh, has Paulson has their D-line playing great. Uh, they're getting after folks. Andy Thompson's the coordinator, obviously a familiar face and name for us. And Andy's got them flying around and, and playing well. And, you know, they're just doing a lot of good things. They get after you on defense. They're not afraid to man you up. Um, in fact, I think that's their preference probably. So, so it's a team that's playing with a lot of confidence, and they should be. There you go, Bobby Houck from yesterday. Uh, can use that as a slight plug for us. Andy Thompson, defensive coordinator for Sacramento State, former Grizz, former longtime D.C. Uh, for Jerome Sowers at Northern Arizona. He joins us uh, for this week's ESPN Roundtable. So happy to have Andy Thompson on. Uh, I think you'll learn a lot about him, but also about Sacramento State. This is his first year there. Troy Taylor, his first year there. The new staff, and they're playing really, really good football right now. Uh, so that will be on uh, tomorrow's show, and then again Thursday at noon. So uh, look for that, uh, and uh, it's a, a, it'll be a, be a really good interview with uh, with Andy Thompson. But Coulter, when you hear what Bobby Houck's got to say, you know, kind of the standard, but he did take a little bit of time to go through, uh, you know, a little bit with a little bit more specificity about this team and exactly what they're up to. When Bobby, let's say, let me say it like this. I my my guess is, and I'm just trying to sort of you know figure this out as we go. But Bobby, I was going to be confident against everybody, 
But if it's a team that he thinks that Montana's going to handle pretty well, he's usually a little more forthcoming with the praise. And if it's a team that he thinks that his that he's going to have to go in there and go go to battle with, it's pretty businesslike from from Bobby Houck in these press conferences. And that is the impression that I got from him yesterday and in re-listening to this now that this is, you know, you take every opponent seriously, but there's there's teams that are better than other teams, and this is one of those, Sacramento State. We watched them firsthand on Saturday, and uh, and Coach Houck, I think, is well aware of the, the challenge that is going to be posed by this Hornet team. In the narrative of the Sac State program over the last handful of years, I mean, Marshall Spurbeck actually had that thing going. They were on the verge of a breakthrough, and then they almost had one in 2014. That was probably their best ever Division One team. Uh, they were a game away from making the playoffs, and they had all sorts of great playmakers. I mean, Garrett Saffron was one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, Marshall Spurbeck's last four years they had three six and five records and then a four and seven in there so they were they were uh you know and it's this is all based on the state of your program where do you fit into the league going six and five three out of four years if you're montana or montana state ain't good enough for eastern washington it ain't good enough that's great for sac state at that point in their program and then they had the seven win season in 2014 and they had Playmakers across the board from Saffron playing quarterback to DeAndre Carter, who's now in the NFL, to Jordan Robinson, who's a great running back on defense. They had uh, Darnell Sankey, who now plays for the Houston Texans. They had dudes. They had legitimate dudes. And if it wasn't for the 59-56 loss in one of the craziest games I've ever covered to Montana State, when Montana State would just decided, we don't care about defense, we're going to score a million points. And they had the two-week trip through California where they scored 59-77 and 77 and barely hung on to win both those games. <laughs> <laughs> like, at UC Davis, Tim Cramsey is begging Rob Ash to just get one stop so he could take Dakota Prukop off the, out of the game. He's like, Rob, I'm going to score 100 points if you don't figure out how to get a stop on the other side. It was a wild time at Montana State. That said, Sac State, that team was really good. Mm. And then the, they had a lot of high expectations that they could continue to climb the big sky ladder. And then Marshall Spurbeck got in hot water and they had a self-reported NCAA violation that resulted in him getting fired. And no one really knows what actually happened because no one really covers that program. So no one really dove into it. He kind of just got fired and they said it was because of violations. And I don't really know the details. It was weird. But he had hired Jody Sears as his defensive coordinator. And that first year, Sears installing a new defense after he was promoted to interim head coach, decided to just roll with a whole bunch of young defensive players. And I think that they ended up starting eight or nine freshmen that year on defense and they took their lumps, but then they started to get better. And I think that probably the low point of the entire program under that rebuild was when they came to Missoula and they were starting a true freshman at quarterback and Nate Ketteringham. They were starting eight or nine freshmen on defense and they came to Missoula and Bob Stitz Grizzlies just ran them straight out of town. They won 67 to seven. One of the biggest beatdowns I've ever watched in a conference game, but so many of those dudes are still there. They're mm. still on the team years later, and now they're fourth, fifth, and even in George Obina's case, sixth-year senior. In Kevin Thompson's case, a six-year junior. Right. He's going to have a seventh year next year. So these guys are, not only are they veteran, not only have they been and are still talented, but they've also seen the the roller coaster of the whole thing. Come to play for a program that's good. The coach is out. 
Now all of a sudden you're playing in a rebuild, but you have confidence you're going to get it back. Yes. And then they have the breakthrough two years ago. Jody Sears at the Big Sky Conference. How about the, the roller coaster of Jody Sears? You know. They go, they're terrible. He inherits a program that's good. He bottoms it out through a rebuilding effort. Two years later, they're seven and four. He's the Big Sky Conference coach of the year. He gets a contract extension. And then the athletic director, Mark Orr, comes in in his second year and says, no. After, after yes, after last year with the, a year that was just decimated by injuries, George Obina's out, Darren Choates is out, you know, uh, Manoa Pearson, their stud inside linebacker, is out. On down the line, Andre Lindsay, their best receiver, Jalen Ratliff, their second best receiver, Kevin Thompson, their quarterback, they're all out. They go 0 7 in the league play, Jody Sears is fired. The silver lining is then that allowed them to go get Troy Taylor, which I think is an absolute perfect fit for them because he's an innovative offensive mind who knows the area. He's a guy that is has been coveted at the college level, and he's never really wanted to make the jump until he finally did. And now Sac State's going to bear the fruit of him becoming a first-time head coach. But that's all to say that there's so many different reasons why you're bad at the FCS level, particularly in the big sky, and there's so many different reasons why you could and should be good. And I think that everybody that's covered the big sky and followed the big sky has always thought that the three sleeping giants outside of UC Davis, because they're a new addition to the league, but the three sleeping giants in the league – have always been Northern Arizona, Portland State, and Sac State because they're close or in big metropolitan areas. They're giant schools. I mean, Northern Arizona has 31,000 students. Sac State, I think, is the largest Cal State school in the Cal State system. Mm. There's a lot of UC schools that are bigger, UCLA, you know, all those schools, but as far as the Cal State, Sacramento, Cal State, Irvine, mm-hmm. the Cal State system, I believe Sacramento State is the largest university in that system. Portland State is the largest university in the state of Oregon. It is bigger than Oregon and Oregon State, if you believe it. So those schools have a ton of potential just because that's a ton of students. It's a ton of alumni you can tap into. But no one's ever really been able to truly hone it in. We'll see if Troy Taylor's the guy. But it's not for a lack of athlete that Sac State has been middle of the road. It's, right. it's been for lack of continuity, lack of team, lack of you know locker room chemistry, all the things that are so elusive for programs that haven't always had it. We'll see if, if these guys can lock it in, but right now they're on a pretty good roll. I mean, I think everybody looked at Sac State's schedule, combined with the fact that they went 0-7 in league play last year. Some good luck. Vote them last. Yeah. <laughs> which we all did. And now here they are. They already took out two of the t- teams that we thought we were going to be two of the better teams in the league. Yep. So it's a prove-it game for Sac State. I'll tell you this. If they win on Saturday... How much confidence can you possibly get if you beat? I mean, I would love to look back through the, the league. I, 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 you'd be hard pressed to find a team that had to play Montana, Eastern Washington, Montana State, and Montana in consecutive weeks. But if you could find one, I guarantee you, you'd be hard pressed to find one that beat all three. Oh, I mean, in the last, at least in the modern era. Yes. No, so if they if they win, man, that's a huge win. And so I think that Bobby Hawk's assessment is correct. They are very good, and the Grizz need to be on high alert because this is a team that is not only talented but red hot, and they're believing right now. Um, we will uh, talk more about this game later on in the show. We will specifically look at the quarterbacks, uh, Kevin Thompson along with uh, Dalton Sneed, and kind of overlay these two guys because if you're looking for, for similar styles, I think these are probably the, the two most similar quarterbacks in the league, certainly the most similar to each other in the league. Uh, uh, Barrier, who's a tremendous runner of the football, probably better runner than than anybody else at the quarterback spot, but he's not a he's not a, as good a thrower as these guys are, probably. But in any case, uh, just the what they look like, the way they go about it, uh, these are these these two are 
I mean, you can see why Bobby Houck recruited them both. I guess is what totally. I'll say uh, because you you can see what they bring to the to the game, uh, and uh, and it's going to be fun to watch them go up against each other. So we'll hear from Bobby Houck about uh, Kevin Thompson and more about uh, the, the quarterbacks in general in the matchup this weekend at the top of the next hour. Garrett Cole struck out two of the last three batters in the bottom of the sixth inning. He's still going strong for the Houston Astros as uh, the Yankees are going down in order at the end of the sixth inning. ALCS game three, two nothing. Astros to score there. Colt, there's something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here. We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full. That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all. And Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice. Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. To tell in Nuanes on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. ALCS Game 3 update. George Springer has just walked a leadoff walk to start the seventh inning. The Houston Astros up 2 nothing on the New York Yankees. Now with one on and no out, Adam Onovino is pitching now for the Yankees. Uh, it was Tommy Canley, in fact, who pitched for the Yanks in the sixth inning, and now Onovino is uh, here going in the seventh, but just uh, gave up a leadoff walk after a full count to George Springer. So uh, the Houston Astros in, uh, well, here in business, up two zip, and uh, with Garrett Cole still rolling. He is up into the 100-pitch mark uh, at this point, so we'll see uh, if uh, if he comes back out for the bottom of the seventh inning. Jose Altuve up to the dish. It is Tutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studio. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 and Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. Happy to be with you on ESPN and SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Golter, it's time for our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. And our buddy Anthony Knockreiner putting out the uh, all-class football poll each and every week. We call this the Montana Media Poll. Treasure State Media Tre- oh, Poll. Tre- right, Treasure State. Yes, of course. Of course it is. Uh, in any case... Uh, this I found to be interesting uh, because in Double A we've had a little switcheroo at the top. Butte 
at 7-0, and finds themselves uh, on the top, number one overall, overtaking Billings West, even though Billings West has not lost a game still. They're 6-0, and but I think people have been just so impressed with, uh, uh, you know, Butte, the way that they've been playing and and really rolling people. And they probably have the best win of those two over Sentinel right. on, on the road. And so you get that 19 first-place votes uh, to Butte and uh, and 9 to Billings West. Still 1-2. And look, at the end of the day, you're probably going to have to play one another and it'll settle itself. But for right now, those are 1-2. Sentinel uh, now 6-1 and one after their city championship, their big win. I mean, they, they beat Hellgate handily 44-7. They're number three. Bozeman and Helena Capital round out the top five. We voted Butte number one this week on the strength of that win over um, Sentinel for sure. But Butte also took apart Helena Capital, 56-38. I mean, this Butte team, Tommy Malott has got this thing humming along. They are just destroying people offensively. I mean, they have 46 against Belgrade, 52 against CMR, 35 against Helena, 55 against Glacier, 39 against the Sentinel team. That allowed one first down in the first half against Hellgate on Friday, and they allowed one first down in the first half against Big Sky the week before. They allowed two total touchdowns in the in their two city championship games, and one of those was a defensive touchdown. So this Sentinel defense is the real deal, and Butte still scored 39 on them. And in the last two weeks, they've gone 56 points against Capital, and they went 38 nothing over Flathead. To me, they've just been mowing through people. No one can stop this Butte offense. The Airy Gray since he took over has run this really slick version of the air raid. Yeah. And Dallas Cook broke all the Montana passing records when they won the state title 2012-2013. Uh, and the thing that they haven't had is a guy who can also run it. So now they're running zone read stuff within the scope of this air raid RPO offense. Good luck when you have an athlete like Tommy Lott running the show. You know, it's interesting in the NBA, we talk about this all the time, but you know, if you have one elite elite player the the number of wins, quote unquote, they're going to account for is just so much greater because they have such so much more of an influence over the game. Whereas in the NFL, you know, you got to have everybody, you know, uh, there. But at this level, at the high school level, even in football, when you got twenty two guys and look, it's forty guys. All right, we know if you have one guy who is who who is that much better than everybody else. Let's put it like this. In the NFL, nobody is going to be that much better than anybody else because they're all pros. Okay, right. but in high school, especially rural high school, if you have a guy who is, you know, a Division One scholarship type of player, particularly as a quarterback, what that means to your team and what you can then do is remarkable. And you put a couple pieces around there, and you can all of a sudden be, you know, a middle or bottom of the pack team. This kid steps in there, one dude changes the entire program, you know, for the time that he's there. And Tommy Mallott is proving that in Butte right now. Yeah, he's a four-year starter. He's a tremendous athlete, and. Not only is he electric and explosive, but he's also taking care of the ball. He's got 19 touchdown passes and one pick, according to Max Preps. I actually think that those might be a little bit inaccurate numbers. I know he's only got the one pick. That one is accurate. He might even have more touchdown passes than that. Right. And and he's also averaging 8.1 yards per carry. He's got 670 yards rushing. He's had three 100-yard games. He's averaging 95.5 yards per game on the ground, and he's got seven rushing touchdowns as well. He's not just a one – this is not just a one-trick pony, though. Right. I mean, Kobe Moreno, their fullback, he's one of the, the toughest players in AA. He had a 39-carry game earlier this year at that – uh, combine that Dane Fletcher hosted this last summer, former Montana State and New England Patriots linebacker. 
the Moreno kid banged out like 24 or 25 reps on the bench. That's unbelievable totally. for a high school kid. That's I mean, crazy. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, there ain't nobody. You're not finding any high school kid no, anywhere. And, and, you, and you look, man, you still got to have some guys that can do it uh, around there. But just when, you know, when you add that one elite player, especially at quarterback, it makes quite a difference. Well, look at the other conferences or the other uh, classifications here in just a moment. Quick update, though. They put on the hit and run, Houston does, with Altuve, and he sneaks a single through. So now runners at first and third, and Zach Brighton out as the new print pitcher for the Yankees. Runners at the corners, no outs in the top of the seventh inning, and it's danger zone time for the New York Yankees because they're already down 2 nothing in this baseball game. Uh, Bradley at the uh, at the dish for Houston. Okay. It's Cameron Moreno. Sorry, Kobe Moreno is his twin brother. Sorry, I got those two mixed up. Cameron Moreno, though, he's averaging 114 yards per game on the ground. He's had 11 rushing touchdowns as well. So this Butte offense operating at a high level. The defense is operating at a high level. It, you know, we, we talked all about just the dwindling numbers across Montana high school football. Mm-hmm. It's been too bad. We've seen some games like up on the high line that had to get canceled. Haver Glendive got canceled right. the other week. There's been games where you know, Park High yeah, and Livingston, they, they, they had to cancel Shut football. Down the season. Yep. It's, it's too bad. And, you know, they're struggling with numbers in Missoula as well. I mean, I know that all three of the Missoula coaches have expressed to us the fact that they have less than 50 guys that are sophomores through seniors out. I'm looking at this Butte High roster. They got 113 guys listed. So football's a thing right now in Butte, and that's cool. There's no better town in Montana where if you got people bought in and you're winning, I, mean, I bet you those boys are walking around feeling pretty good about themselves yeah. right now. I mean, this is the first 7-0 start at Butte High School since 1991. So this is a very impressive deal, and it's cool that there is this sort of story happening in the Mining City this year. You know, I drove through Butte on Friday night uh, on my way out to Bozeman last weekend, Coulter, and... It's so sweet, man, to see the ranch stadium lit up on the side of the hill. I mean, the whole the whole city just rises up, you know, uh, where Missoula, Bozeman, they sit in the valley. They sit down on the ground. Butte is built on the side of the dang mountain. And you can see both the stadiums and then, then Montana Tech as well uh, sitting there uh, lit up. And it was just like, man, this is, this is sweet. What's going on in Butte, man? I'm telling you what. Uh, two Tell New One is 1029 ESPN Radio. Coulter, quickly, I know we got to get out, but uh, Class A, interesting. Hamilton, back on top. They lost to Dillon, but Dillon is there at 6-1 and one as well. Both of these teams in the top three, but Hamilton number one, Dillon number three, even though Dillon holds the head-to-head over Hamilton. Miles City, by the way, is 6-0 and oh, is uh, at number two. Frenchtown also at 6-1 and one at four, and Laurel at number five. Miles City, the only undefeated team in Class A. Hamilton's got the best player. Yeah. And that's going to get you really far. And happens to be a quarterback again. Cameron Rostad. I mean, the thing that's been revelatory about this year is Cameron Rostad's shown that he Carson. Can, Carson, excuse me, Carson Rostad has, has shown that he can run the football, right. too. He's not just a, a strong-armed kid. He can run it, too. I mean, he's given about 100 rushing yards a game. If he can run it like that with his ability to throw it, unstoppable at the Class A level. Right, right. All right, very good. That has been our prep extra segments brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. You can also check them out online, farmersebank.com. Get your MyCard app. Shut your debit card off right from your phone. Safe, secure, instant. Turn it back on again whenever you find it, thanks to Farmers State Bank. Bases loaded. Still no runs across for Houston and one out. Huge, huge spot. Tell you how it develops. And we'll get into Greg Bell. Talk to us about the Seattle Seahawks all right after this. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. 
Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.